what's going on guys welcome to the immortal podcast episode five we have the game in our hands we've been playing it like crazy especially this guy who is leviathan with us today our special guest a diablo 3 uh professional i guess if you can even have a professional and um and someone that's been pushing hard in immortal plus we have my co-host here with me scrappy academy we're talking about nemo uh, i want to remind you guys what this podcast is all about we're here to talk about diablo immortal we have a few discussion points that we have in mind that we're going to be talking about now but the main thing about this what makes it so sweet is you guys can direct our discussion. So any questions that you have, anything that you want to know about Diablo Immortal, leave it in the chat, either on YouTube or on Twitch, and we'll get to those questions and it'll help form this show. So that's how it is. Nemo, what's up, man? How you doing? Echo, what's happening, man? I'm doing pretty well. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to everybody. Uh, happy Immortal Podcast Day. I couldn't wait for this. This is very, very exciting. We're going weekly with Immortal Podcast. I'm excited to be here because we got Mr. Leviathan in the house. He is the OP player. He is number one right now. He holds a couple of ranks. We'll talk about all of that. But let me uh, let me throw it over to you. How's it going, Levy? What's up? Dude, it's good. I just put down Immortal. I promise I'll, <laughs> for at least this hour or so, however long we're here, I'll, I'm fully yours. I'm focused. But I've been having a blast with the game, man. I, I'm super addicted, and I've been having a lot of fun not only uh, playing, but also talking to people in the community, getting to know kind of what everyone's takeaways have been, what their favorite parts of the game have been, what people want to see improved, because it's still alpha, right? So there's a lot that we can maybe get um, you know, changed or at least uh, th give our thoughts on, mm -hmm. and the developers hopefully got a lot out of this alpha so far. Yeah, and I think that they have, man. And that's what's been great. D Blizzard and the Diablo team, the Diablo Immortal team specifically, they really care what we think, what us mobile gamers think, which with you, you know, old school D3 grinders think. And they're really taking that all into account to give the best game when it comes out. But we, we've said that a bunch of times. We've talked about it a lot. But I need to stress that they really do care about the player experience. And every single little thing that we run into, the entire community that's playing the game right now, that is an issue is being reported and they're looking at it and they're saying okay what can we do to make that better which is really sweet so when the game comes out it's going to be as polished as possible kind of gone through all of us veteran mobile guys are the veteran d3 guys so that's like the best experience for everyone but now i want to also say that the dankshuary podcast was live yesterday and is now set up as a video over on youtube as well as a bunch of other podcast platforms when this is up on my channel as a video i'll be linking that podcast down below it was like a three-hour show which i haven't even gotten to watch yet of a d3 and diablo immortal specialists talking about their experience so it's a good uh, addition to what we're about to talk about here today but what i'm going to do is i'm going to get to some gameplay in the background nemo i'm going to send over this question to you and then it's going to go to leviathan and then we're going to go and see what the chat has to say and really we're asking guys when we started playing we loved this class but we've been playing now for two weeks do you still love that class have you started liking things differently and nemo you started with the barbarian he was your max beast character now you're playing the wizard. Tell me about your favorite hero inside of the game, what you like and what you maybe you dislike, I guess. Sure. Um, I started with the bar for sure, because I, I kind of always start with the bar, right? Um, all of my Diablo games is one of my favorite <laughs> characters. I like melee too. But as I played the game, the more, I mean, Bard was OP. It's a really great character. And like, once you start, what's great about Immortal is like, you start the game, you're playing, and then you get a couple of legendaries. They can modify a lot of the specials that you're using. So you can really hone in. And like change a lot of the stuff, like the way a barb plays. So I got to the end, it was pretty good. But then I started playing with the wizard and it was really challenging for me. It was a completely different experience. It was not like the barb. In fact, I got smoked before I got to like level <laughs> 38. I mean, easily, you know? And I was like, what is going on? It was very different, very different. And the more I played, the more I changed my style, the more I fell in love with it. And I have to be honest with you, and, and I know some of my bard people are going to be upset, but I like the wizard more than the bard now. And it's got to be one of my favorite classes. When we go back to D3, um, I'm going to play the wizard again because it's a really wow. awesome class. So I'll say the wizard right now, yeah. And and how about you, Leviathan? I mean, I know that everyone that's watching right now right now may not know what you love and, and what you played in, D, in D3 as well as Diablo Immortal. So why don't you tell them a little bit about what you I mean, you've invested in one character, right? 
Yes, yeah, and that's really my style, like, uh, from years and years of playing Diablo games and ARPGs in general. I know a lot of friends uh, mm. that I have love multi-classing, and they kind of get their kicks out of playing these games with a variety of builds and a variety of classes. For me, it's all about, like, what can I take to the extreme? I'm going to concentrate on maybe one class or two classes, and for Immortal, it's been the Demon Hunter, like, from day one, mm -hmm. and then Diablo 3. I started out actually as a barbarian so you know power to you scrappy barbs let's go unite um and i still loved the barb through like vanilla d3 back in 2012 2013 when reaper of souls dropped the expansion to d3 uh the crusader came with that as well so i was like all right i'm gonna try this but i'll probably just go back to my favorites dh and barb and crusader took over my life for like three years <laughs> from there i was like i have a new favorite new main um, so then I try to push that to, you know, my capabilities of the limits and stuff. And eventually I came back around to DH and that's been my main class in D3 for like 12 seasons now or so. Hmm. Um, so it, for me, it really just, there's something about getting to that like sort of max peak and trying to push beyond that, that motivates me and keeps me playing for a long time. Now that I've started to play a little bit of Path of Exile as well, you know, I'm kind of experiencing the same thing there too. I'll take one build or two builds. And just see, can I get to level 100? Can I do all the content? Can I do the hardest bosses? Um, so I'm sad. I love hearing <laughs> from everybody else that you guys have been having fun with like the monk and the wizard and the bard. I haven't touched them yet. <laughs> oh man. Well, for me, I've played every class I have, and I but I haven't paragoned too high into any of the classes. I have a max uh demon hunter, a maxed barbarian, a maxed monk, and my wizard. I probably need about four more hours of my wizard to get it maxed. Um, but like you, I haven't dove 101 levels into Paragon because I've been trying to get a feel for all the characters. But for me, I was always excited about the monk. For the year I was creating content about Immortal with not having the game, I was excited about the monk. So I played the monk. First I played the Demon Hunter, then the monk, fell in love with the monk. My favorite character by far. Then I did Barbarian on my phone just to play on the side, have some fun with. And the wizard I'm now doing last. But... I'll tell you what, the Barbarian. I really love the Barbarian. It's been neck and neck between the Barbarian and the Monk. So if I had both of my devices next to me right now and I had to choose one, and maybe it's how I have the class set up, I would probably go ahead and grab my Barbarian just to uh, slam around. I mean, I know it's uh, classic, but I really do love the Barbarian. Um, the Monk is like a weaker Barbarian that moves faster with some really cool teleporting and jumping around kind of skills. It's really the difference between the two, at least as I've seen them. So someone was asking in the chat, uh, what do we think about the Monk? And yeah, I do think the Monk is incredible, but that's from my play style. I like to get on top of the boss and just beat them down rather than being a wizard or a demon hunter, being behind and kind of shooting from afar and just strafing back and forth the whole time. It's just how I like to play. Obviously, Nemo loving the wizard and Leviathan loving the Demon Hunter, they prefer, or at least with this game right now, they're preferring the staying back and uh, and battling in that kind of way. It really depends on how you play. But Leviathan, you mentioned the Crusader, that you took a few months off and played Crusader. So my question is, Diablo Immortal does not yet have the Crusader or the Necromancer, but it will upon launch for free. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go in with the Demon Hunter having gotten this far, or are you going to jump back to the Crusader? What are you going to do? That's the million dollar question. I if they have some really cool because that's I think one thing that you're you keyed in on and I think is important to kind of reiterate is the classes all have so much flavor. Yeah. And depending on your proclivities, like what you like to to do in ARPGs, if it's get in there and smash, if it's be kind of elusive from range, like you have all those playstyles in this game. And they all feel really strong in terms of their like fantasy and completion of those um those feelings and those playstyles. So I think they did a good job with kind of like nailing the classes and making you potentially be jealous of the other classes. You're like, I wish I could move that fast. I wish I could fly into the air and aim down on enemies. DHK do all that. Um, but to get to your question, I need to see like what the hook is for the Crusader. Because right now, like I look at all the other classes, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see why I would want to play a, a barb or a wizard or a monk because they do all these different sorts of things really interestingly. But what is the Crusader going to have, right? Are they going to be like, kind of mid-rangey is the horse gonna be there because the steed charge is really sick from d3 right are they gonna have some healing like what's gonna be their special component and if it's enough to draw me away you better believe i'm uh going there on day one 
So you're not at all true to the demon hunter. You'll jump ship right away for something that you think might be better. There's no like relationship there, man. I'm gonna have to make sure you delete this uh, after this is done. <laughs> Edit this part out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, we got Levy. He's like the expert crusader, right? Going in deep, deep into it to the highest levels. I almost like we're counting on you, man. We're counting on you <laughs> to bring the crusader up and, and show us because I agree, though. I think a combo classes would be kind of fun. So you think a crusade? Hmm. So Echo, what are you starting with? You're starting with the barb. When when it comes out. Mm. Or, you know, we have alpha, eventually alpha is going to go away. And I'm, I'm hoping that we get beta again when that comes mm -hmm. out. Um, no, I'm going to start with the necromancer. And you know what I'm you know what I'm actually going to do day one, I'm going to make an account on every single darn class yeah. and get the name that I want. So that someone doesn't come <laughs> make another echo gaming. Okay, yep. so I'm going to make six classes initially right away. And then I'm going to probably do the necro first and the crusader second because those are the classes I haven't messed with. Then I'll go back to probably the barbarian, the monk and then the demon hunter and the wizard wizard still sitting in last place for me. But wow, but, but but someone said it in the chat right here. He says, I feel you could play any class and have a great one. This is Olark over on Twitch. Legendaries really give a great variety each class through skill modification. That's so true. You the skills change so much based on the gear that you have and the legendary items that you put inside of that inside of the gear, the legendary gems. So completely. You could really customize if if so there's been skills that I've used, and I don't remember if it was the Demon Hunter or the Wizard, but I didn't care for the skill. But then I got a modification with a gem in there, and the skill is completely different. And it's yeah. and, and sometimes better. Sometimes I don't like it as much. But the ability, and I'm talking content creation side of things here, as well as a gamer, the ability to customize a build is like, I don't even know how many builds you can actually make if you take into consideration your Demon Hunter Leviathan, all the gems, all the different gear, plus all the skills, I mean, how many different builds can you make? It's probably thousands, right? Oh, I would say there's got to be. And the thing, here's the most exciting part, right, is we know there are more skills coming for each class. Yeah. And we know that there's going to be more items over time. There's so much that you can already do. And I 100% I agree with you. Like, there were times where I was playing the game something drops and that's something else to talk about is the fact that legendaries right now feel really good because they're so rare and when you get them they're so game-changing that you got to throw it on and see okay is this going to be my new skill that i'm going to you know help carry me through the next five levels or the next you know end game content or whatever have you yeah um there's so much that you can throw into and it, like for the demon hunter for instance there's a chakram skill spinning chakram and the original concept for the skill you throw it out and if you catch it, there's actually like a boomerang mechanic to it. If you catch it, it resets the cooldown. So there's actually some cool like skill shots slash like high skill cap mechanics to it. And then you get another legendary for it that makes it uh, rotate around your character instead. So now there's a whole different set of your brain going like, okay, the way I utilize this skill is no longer about positioning and like, you know, making sure I'm standing somewhere safe to catch it. But instead, I want to kind of actually throw myself into the fray a little more because I need to make sure I'm rotating this thing around like a good pack of enemies and whatnot. So it can actually change like you playing the class more range to more melee or more mid range. And that's just one legendary and one skill. Like think about the ramifications of that across 17 or 15 skills and hundreds of legendaries perhaps. I know, so so you really have to think. I mean, you don't have to think. You can jump in and, and play mindlessly and just throw things together. Or you can actually take your time and like analyze this game and, and think of the best way to play for you. And that's that's really cool. It shows the depth of this game. And remember, this is alpha. We've only seen a part of the game. We haven't seen much PvP. There's We've only seen seven of the zones and there's gonna be more. We've only seen four of the six classes. So there's a lot more to come that we haven't even seen yet. Um, and we have Justin Fernandez asking if there's going to be a story mode for Immortal. And yes, there is a story mode until you get to power your, until you begin to Paragon for the most part, um, you're in a story and, um, yeah, level 45, yeah, or level, 45. level 60 when the game comes out. Right. So are they going to, they're going to extend the story from 45 to 60, or are they going to drag it out over the 60 instead of the 45? Oh, I would think there'd be an extension. Cause if yeah, there's sure. going to be new zones and I imagine the main quest will go into those zones and we'll see sort of. I, I'm never a lore person, so I was hitting a lot of like, well, not skip, but like I was reading mm. it and kind of not internalizing it. 
yeah. you know, nine ball will kill us for, for saying that <laughs> we didn't pay attention to the story. Yeah. But I think um, there should be more of a continuation of that, I imagine. Because, you know, Diablo hasn't even showed up yet, right? We didn't see him in the alpha. There's no. got to be. He's, he's always lurking somewhere. I hope yeah. so. I, I mean, he's like the face of the game, right? I mean, that's yeah. uh, he's got to. Um, and we have a question coming through about low-end devices and stuff like that. I want to remind you, I did put a video out giving all the specs on the devices that are going to be supported. But right now, if you're going to the App Store and it says it doesn't support your device, it's because they wanted the Alpha to be run on higher-end devices. Not high-end, but higher. You know, like, for the most part, phones and, and tablets that are three years old or newer, maybe even, maybe even four. Um, I guess they just didn't want really bad footage of really low-quality gameplay. On, on some really older devices, but I, I believe it's going to be opened up to that when the game goes global. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the, most, expand. Yeah, for the most part, it's it's out to content creators and streamers where we're displaying the game for Blizzard. They don't want us giving it to people in, you know, 400 pixels and looking like really awful. They want it to, to shine and to look good. Speaking of devices, I play on my tablet primarily when I make content. And on my phone when I'm playing my barb and just playing like in bed or something like that. And it was brought to my attention. Now, I have an iPhone 11, which I'm playing on Ultra with the high FPS on. And on my tablet, it's three years old and I don't play with the high FPS on. And I've been told that it looks a lot better on my phone, which I didn't even notice until it was brought up to me. So, Leviathan, I think you also play on a phone from watching your streams, right? Yeah, I went in. Uh, so prior to any of this, I had an iPhone 7 Plus. And I was just, I'm one of those people that, again, uh, you know, sticking true to what I do, I want to write out my phone for as long as possible. I'll stick mm -hmm. with the same phone. I don't change very often and stuff like that. So I had this thing and it was still working fine. But when Immortal Alpha kind of mm -hmm. was starting to make its way um, towards us, I was like, all right, it's probably time to upgrade. And they were just saying, like you mentioned, the cutoff for what they were wanting us to be on was eight and up. So, mm -hmm. all right, I'm just going to go and go for a huge upgrade. So I went for the 12 Pro Max, yeah, um, which is an amazing phone. It's actually beautiful, huge display, really fast processor and everything like that. And I've had no issues at all. People have asked, does your phone get hot when you're playing for a super long time? Like, you know, hours and hours of streaming, never felt any of that. Um, does my, like, do my eyes get tired or strained from looking at the screen? Never felt any of that. Battery life, really good. Like, I would probably get three, four, five hours uncharged. And then when I'm actually charging it up, you know, people are saying, oh, when I charge the phone, I'm actually not charging it or it's like slowly going down instead of actually going the battery recharging back up. But on the 12, it's it's all gravy, man. The one thing to mention is uh, for this alpha, for whatever reason, they didn't enable high FPS for the iPhone 12. Really? So the true iPhone to play with is the 11 because you can put high FPS mode on. Yeah. Wow, that's so funny. I guess because it's such a new phone, maybe it wasn't... Uh, uh feature enabled at that point i don't know there's a specific test like uh, i think just going back to what you we were saying before when they first started running the alpha they want a certain amount of devices specific devices to test on that's why some of the devices aren't compatible right now but as they expand the list and go to lower or mid-end devices most of the ones will be um you know you'll be able to basically download and play it once the game comes out and there are settings too right so you can you don't have to play it on ultra graphics and things like that you can try to turn it down and Hopefully that'll allow your device to handle it a little better. Yeah. And Muggle Mama says another another content creator or at least tester for the alpha saying that um, that they have the blue light filter on, which is actually great. It's nice to have when you're looking at something for so long, whether it be on your computer or your phone, having that blue light filter on, it helps out. But I think I just heard Leviathan say that he's an exclusive mobile gamer. I mean, I, I think that that just came out. You heard it here first. Oh my gosh! Echo's trying to convert everybody into the dark side. I totally, I, I totally. We're on the bright side, man. You're on the dark side. Oh. You, you PC guys are the dark side. That's true. We're the Stone Ages. You guys are the the new frontier. Yeah, I mean, I, so overall, um, and we talked about this with SVR. By the way, SVR is in the chat on Twitch. Thanks for coming through, bud. Um, your experience. I mean, Immortal came out, or I shouldn't say Immortal was announced. It got booed off the stage. Everyone was upset about it. Uh, announcement was not ideal expecting everyone expecting d4 um then at 2019 we really got our hands on it and you're able to play it and everyone was like okay i mean i was there and i was talking to upc guys and you were like okay it seems like it has potential it's not bad but now you've played it for uh, however many hours how do you feel about it not trying to say is it better than pc but how's your experience been on a phone with mobile controls and all that 
Yeah, so big question. I think so there's so many different ways to tackle it. Coming from just BlizzCon 2018, since you mentioned that, you know, I was definitely one of the people in the crowd just feeling that disappointment, that sort of sinking feeling. I was like, oh, is this it? Like, is this the future of the franchise? Are we not going to get a D4? Because a lot of every year there's speculation amongst the community of like, oh, what's the next big thing coming for the mm -hmm. franchise? And prior to that year, it had been pretty darn silent. Like we were getting some mm -hmm. Diablo 3 content updates and small patches, but it just seemed pretty bleak. And, you know, it's understandable that the reaction was a bit overblown, but also it made sense for kind of where the community was at that time. And I always, I've been saying for the last few weeks on stream, like if they just would have reversed it, I don't know what happened in the background. Maybe D4 just wasn't quite ready to be shown. But if 2019 BlizzCon, when D4 came <clears> out, went first, and then Immortal came the next year, man, the I think the reception for it would have been completely different. And now we've seen how high quality of a experience it's going to be on the phone. Like it, they would have converted so many people who like maybe have these stigmas against mobile gaming and stuff, and they would have really given it a chance. I think we're starting to see some people come around, but you're working from a deficit just because of what happened in previous years, you know? So hopefully as we create more content for it, as the game kind of gets into the hands of more players and they get to show and prove, I think you'll get those conversions and people getting excited about it. Yeah. For me, sorry, <clears throat> go ahead. No, after you keep going, sorry. I was just gonna say for me, um, just the, you know, the initial personal experience of playing the game, Coming from the D3 realm and, um, you know, playing a little bit of D4 at uh, BlizzCon 2019 as well, it's clear that this is its own game. A lot of people have been saying, oh, it looks like D3. There's a lot of borrowing from the previous game with the classes and some of the skills and things. And I do feel that that is uh, part of the case. Like, there is some identity that's pulled from D3. But at the same time, I do think that this is really its own thing. Like, there, it takes the game, and I almost have been calling it D3.5. Like it kind of takes the systems of D3 and puts them in an iteration where they're way better now. Like Paragon is way better. We'll probably talk about that at some point. Um, the skill system is interactive. Like you guys have been playing on the Monk. You can kick off of walls and do crazy stuff. On the Wizard, you can do that refraction thing with the crystal. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's an advancement beyond what we've had in the past. And to me, that's really exciting having spent eight years with D3. You know, this is a new sort of way to approach the franchise and see things move forward. And I almost feel like we'll get some like previews of what could be coming for D4 as they test systems here and bring things into Immortal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we have someone in the chat, his name is Bebo, and he was saying, it's a shame that you, Leviathan, got access to this game, something that everyone wants, that you've only played one class. So <laughs> this, is, this is actually, this brings up a good conversation because you got to see parts of this game that I didn't get to see, right? I got to see all the different classes and play all the different classes, but you grinding one class in particular, you got to see the Paragon system and really break down the Paragon tree and see a class at its, you know, one of its top levels, or you're one of the highest in this alpha at least. So why don't you, why don't we transition over a little bit talk, talking about the Paragon and, and what you see as a high level player? Because me, I got max characters, but they're not highly paragon so i didn't get mm -hmm. to really build them the way that you've built your your demon hunter so let's talk about that a little bit why what's the benefit of doing what you're doing rather than doing what nemo and i are doing yeah, yeah just jump in there for one second sorry sure some people don't know what a paragon is could you also tell us just quickly what is a paragon system because some people don't know absolutely yeah so quickly back to the like kind of opening point i totally get that like you know it's <laughs> there are four classes to test and i only did one right and I, I personally feel like I, I feel bad about it a little bit because I won't get to experience them until maybe release or another test or whatever. But I think what Echo mentioned is pretty important in that there's different ways to test alphas and to test games. Like they're going to want people who have cross-class comparisons and thoughts on how does this play versus this. But you're going to need people that also take things to the extreme because I was able to break some things. I was able to see some, like Paragon is uh, locked behind getting to a certain level. So if I didn't go to those levels, we would have never seen what the extra Paragon trees were and stuff. So I just, you know, I think it's important to have a bunch of different players in your testing pool of uh, community in order to see all the different aspects. And so to back up, what Paragon is, is it's a leveling system that goes beyond uh, getting to your sort of normal max level. So I think Nemo mentioned at the uh, beginning of the regular game, you'll be able to go from level one to 60. 
And then after that, you'll start to accumulate what they call Paragon levels. And that allows you to essentially make your character more powerful with the Paragon trees that Diablo Immortal is uh, adding. In Diablo 3, there is Paragon, and it's an infinite system in that game. But it has a lot of issues because essentially, as you play more and as you gain more <clears> experience, and the farming in that game has gotten like really insane, uh, it just gives you more and more of an advantage because you just keep plugging in more main stats. So it's not as um, intricate of a system, and it's certainly a system that like just makes you get further ahead of other players as you spend more time. The way that the Paragon trees work in Diablo Immortal is that at launch, there are going to be six. In the alpha, we had four to test. And like I mentioned, two of them were locked behind getting to certain Paragon levels. So there initially is the Vanquisher Paragon tree and the Survivor Paragon tree. As you might imagine, Survivor is about defense, kind of generically. And Vanquisher is about um, doing more damage and attacking generically. And you can choose either of those play styles. Maybe as the game gets more complex and we have like maybe higher tier dungeons to do and stuff, you might actually want someone that's playing a bit more defensively, taking that tree to tank for your group or something. But kind of right now, it makes sense to go for a lot of damage. And then we had two other trees, one that unlocked at Paragon 50, which is the Treasure Hunter tree. And that one was more focused around exploration and getting benefits for killing elites, getting more experience for it getting more drops for it. So as you're trying to gear up your character, this tree works really well in conjunction with just exploring the world, getting materials to upgrade your legendaries. And then the last tree that I just unlocked yesterday morning, you have to get the Paragon level 101, which is not an easy feat, by the way, guys. Like the <laughs> yeah. levels increase it, uh, in the amount of experience necessary. And it is a grind right now. Like people are still trying to figure out the fastest ways to get experience and stuff, but it just takes time. So you have to be pretty dedicated to get there. And this tree is all about PvP, which is really exciting for some players because it's another like mode and way that we'll be able to play the game. It's not even super instituted in the alpha just yet. There's like one sort of pseudo PvP in the Balfin arena. But outside of that, you know, you can't just go and aggro against another player and fight them. <laughs> so within that tree, there's a lot of like defensive mechanics. There's a cheap death that procs if another player kills you. So you get a chance to kind of live again and fight on. Um, some really cool stuff in there. And I think the one thing to also mention to wrap up Paragon trees in general is that they are maxed. So each tree right now only contains 100 points to spend. And once you max that out, that's it. So there is no like forever, like super long tail Paragon farm like there is in D3, which I think is an improvement. <laughs> and the other side of it is there's passive benefits to the Paragon tree. So whenever you put points in, your character will just be stronger for putting those points into like, more offense rating, more life, more defense rating. But the cool part of the Paragon tree is that you're going to specialize into one of the trees. You'll pick it, and then there's um, specific things like I've been mentioning with like the PvP. There's that cheat death or um, the ability to be immune to a crowd control the first time it hits you. If you have that uh, Paragon tree equipped, then you specifically get those bonuses. But say you were to switch back to Vanquisher, those bonuses go away. But whatever ones you've specialized into in Vanquisher, that's what you're now picking up. That's yeah. amazing. Look how much variety you can have. And then I love the fact that you can swap from one to another, right? So if you're going into a PvP, like you said, put on uh, put on that class, <clears> put <throat> on the treasure tree over there. Or, or if, you're, if you're running around, I love the treasure tree. By the way, uh, to quickly say this, Leviathan has a YouTube channel, and he has a video on this. In fact, multiple videos on this. I'm posting this in the chat. <clears throat> if you want to get uh, like a deep dive into it, he actually goes through each skill. I watched this yesterday. That was a, a really cool video. I cannot believe you got to 101. I was just talking about it uh, <laughs> earlier. I think I'm going to follow you around when the beta comes out uh, on the other one. I'm just going to follow Leviathan and do everything he does because I'm going to think I'm a 27 now. I mean, I know I have multiple characters that I grind mm -hmm. on, but holy baba, 101. That's that's a serious grind, man. That is, this is really impressive. Yeah, thank you, man. It it uh it was it's been really cool because I've been playing a lot with uh, Echo Hack. Shoutouts to him, and we've been trying to really decipher the game from that sort of aspect, right? Like, what's the most efficient way to farm when you're just staying on one character? Like, he's only played Bard, and so he's been trying to push that to its limit as well. We're kind of the same mind of like we're just gonna play one class, but we're gonna really try to like dig into the nuts and bolts of the game rather than like sort of spreading ourselves thin and and getting maybe surface level on the different classes. Instead, we want to really dig in. Like, what's the best skill to use to move around the world as fast as possible? Where are we trying to, like, shave time? How many resources can we get per hour? Like, we're measuring out these really intricate things. And sure, it probably changes from alpha to beta and even live, but it's just mm -hmm. kind of a cool um, 
I don't know, a lot of us have these like almost data scientist approach to these ARPGs where we want to know the numbers, we want to know the exact values. And, you know, there's there's some value in that kind of testing as well. Yeah, it's, I love that. it's like true computer nerd stuff right there, man. Like embracing it, taking it into the gamer <laughs> world. It, it really is. And I, and I love it. I love that there's that much depth to it. Now, someone asked a question over on YouTube about the Paragon system. Is it set in stone or are you able to modify that? Or is there like something that we can get to change the Paragon if we build it a way we don't like it? Or are you stuck with whatever you build initially? So that is like, yeah, it's it's kind of scary. Your choices yep. are permanent. Wow. Yep. Like if you put a point in the wrong thing or you regret that point later, you might be kind of bummed out and you maybe you even restart your character. I oh. hope that doesn't become a thing uh, that you're going to feel bad and delete your character. But you you do have to think about your choices because they are permanent mm. uh, point allocations. And And do remember that say you're going to play this game for months, maybe years, uh, you will eventually be able to fill out the tree, right? So uh, eventually it does max. So if you say you went path up to the top right and you don't actually like that, eventually you'll get enough Paragon points where you can go, oh, sorry, bottom right instead and then get to the end of that Paragon tree. But yeah, be, choose wisely, choose carefully. Yeah, just when, yeah. It, when it tells yeah. you to, to spend that point, it doesn't mean you have to spend it at that point in time. Really think right. about what you want to do beforehand. So uh, I, I like that, though. I like that your decisions are kind of, you know, important. You know, you can't just kind of throw things around. Um, now, something else that I kept on wanting to mention this, and now I forget what it was. So, Nemo, I'm going to pass it off to you. I know we've had a bunch of questions coming through on both of the channels here. Do you have any wow, that, yeah. you've been, that you've been watching and that you want to address? So many. Okay. Be before I jump into that, I am that guy, by the way. I'm the guy who started my wizard and said, oh, you know what? I want to go with the healing tree because I feel like I'm squishy and maybe that will help me. And then like, you know, I realized very quickly, like, Ooh, I really should have went with the vanquisher. <laughs> and now, yeah, you're right. You can't reset it. What do you do? Right. But, but let me make a good point, right? There are some, some passive stats, the circle ones that stay with you no matter what tree you're on. So even if you max it out, you will get some benefit from it when you move on to the next tree. But yeah, that's me. Uh, so a couple of questions we have a lot of questions about PVP. And that's actually, I had a question for, uh, for Lyathan about that as well. So in general, right, PvP hasn't been really a thing. In, well, okay, there's kind of been a thing in D3, but not really, right? It doesn't really work. Now, as far as yeah. PvP in, in, in this game, like, what do you think about it? Now, I know that they did mention that this isn't going to be the focus of the game, right? They aren't going to go into the esports and all of that. Well, let me ask you a question. You, you played the, the Biofen Arena, right, style thing over there. What do you think about it? Uh, it's a good start. I think this game has the potential to have some interesting PvP. And like you mentioned, they said that it's not going to be a main focus, not going to be esports uh, balanced and stuff like that. So I don't know if we should expect like crazy PvP out of it. But at least from what we see in the Balfin Arena, um, and it's kind of tough to gauge because our server, like the server that we as content creators and like Blizzard employees and stuff are playing on, it's not super populous, especially compared to like the Australia server right now. So we're not seeing the full gamut of what could happen there. But there are times where, you know, there's maybe four, five, six, seven, eight people in the arena at one time, and you get some contentious fights, and it actually can get pretty fun and pretty sweaty. You're like, I'm down to three HP, I'm trying to hide behind this, this uh, like, pillar and bandage up so I can get back in the fight and hopefully open the treasure chest to get the guaranteed legendary. I think it's kind of a cool way to introduce PvP, so it, it forces you to fight if, if that's what it comes to. But the ultimate goal is to get, like, a, a award that's going to help you in PvE. Um, I think we'll see it maybe get more sophisticated depending on how they add it. Uh, if there is just going to be straight up, like, I want to challenge you to a duel, then like we have a tree for it. Like you mentioned, there are some affixes that are around that too, like doing more damage to players or taking less damage from players, doing more damage if you're in a party and close to your party, uh, teammates and things like that. So they're certainly thinking about it and having affixes for it. It's just going to be interesting. Like, is it going to come down to just truly one-shotting each other, right? Like, will offense ratings and defense ratings get so high, Paragon matter so much that you're not going to be able to have, like, a fair fight if a ranged guy can just stay far away and shoot you with a multi-shot and you're dead instantly? Hopefully they find a way to at least make the fights last long and feel fun. That's a good point. I and mean, that's what I always, I always wondered, right? How, how would that scale, really? That was my, my question, because somebody can hit for trillions and... You know, don't you? So, I mean, I agree with you. I, I do think that it's a cool thing right now, though. Um, I feel like a lot of it is like you show up, and if you have a party, 
if you have enough people in the party, most people won't. Like, I, I went in there. <laughs> I tell you, I went in there for the first time. I'm like, ooh, arena, PvP, this is exciting. And then Pez shows up with Filthy and two others. And Rolled in like, with his crew? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm like, so is it going to be like a free-for-all? Or am I going to have to fight all of them? And then the thing started, and I got melted. I think I was able to push two buttons. I think I was able to go two before I died. Oh, I don't no. remember. But I instantly got melted. All four of those guys just, you know, killed me. So it wasn't a fun experience for me. So I hope it does change a little bit when it comes to that. Um, I feel like the politics in the game isn't, you know. I have a question for you, by the way. There's a, a, a whole bunch of questions, but one question specifically for you. What do you think about the MMO style of this? This is full of Ithan. Uh I like that they're adding aspects that you know essentially turn the arpg maybe not on its head but like slightly sideways you know it's still at its heart an arpg there's still a lot of gear to collect still a lot of builds to put together but the fact that they're kind of having this open world aspect to it one of my favorite things in the alpha so far has been like i you know i wander into town i'm trying to look at my gems maybe change some things around i see echo there and he's just like looking at his character and his gems and stuff you know i'll shoot him like a little multi-shot like hey what's up man and that's a fun aspect of just being, you know, in a place that feels populated. Because in D3, for instance, you're in your own games very often. It's it's instanced off. So you're not going to see a lot of other players unless you're partying up with them exclusively. Um, that aspect is pretty cool. And then even when you're in, like, the uh, zones, right, there are all these different zone trials that pop up. You'll get notifications, for instance, in the library of Zoltan Cool. Somebody spawned the Hydra, right? And now everyone's rushing over to go fight the Hydra. And it's actually a really cool fight. It's a boss. You get tons of materials from it. So you kind of want to be there when these events are happening. And it adds a little bit of that extra community. You might add a person as a friend after you fight with them. You might throw them in your guild. So I think there's a lot of cool social aspects that get added when you put that MMO flair on top. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, and I'll give you, you know, everyone's always wondering, like, what's the reason for a guild in, in Diablo Immortal? And it's nice what, when you could, you know, do that kind of stuff and and... Blizzard has kind of said that they want this to be a social element. They want they want to have a big social element to the game. So having a guild of like 150, I think it is, right? 150 people yeah, in the guild, it's crazy. Um, you know, you have to have something where there's a reason to be there rather than just a lobby to talk to your friends. And I think that's part of where that PvP element is going to be coming in, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. Nemo, what are the questions we have? A few questions, um, mostly about what, when the game is coming out, and specifically about, I guess some people are wondering when the beta comes out. Well, okay, so yes, this will be wiped. Some people are asking, we're not mm. going to have our progress. We did, Leviathan did grind to 101, and he's going to have to do it again when, uh, <laughs> when the game comes out. But that's the fun part of this game. Like, we love doing that, right? That's the whole point of looter shooters and RPGs and all that, to play over and over and over again and get the, get the best gear. I'm going to be pretty sad because I got a couple of legendaries that were amazing. I got this one legendary from a barbarian. This is another key thing that maybe we could talk about. Um, the depth of the game is really good. And the fact is that legendaries do change your specials, right? For like for a barbarian, I have a special that changes my hammer of ancients where it now spawns like this guardian, right? The spirit of the ancients mm. and it fights with me. But I also awesome. have another legendary that I found that actually stacks them. So I have two legendaries that work together on a specific skill. I can't wait to find out some more. I think the game might be that, right? To get an OP build, you might need a couple of legendaries to do something really cool with a certain skill. That's a really cool, like a lot of depth in the game. And I love that. I think for the wizard, right? There's a multi-shot. You were talking about how you could throw a crystal and then put an ice beam into it. Well, I found a legendary that takes my ice beam and makes it like wider and longer. I, I wasn't able to do that yet, but I wonder if I can test and see what it does with that. Or there's mm -hmm. arcane wind and the solar flare. or I found this awesome legendary that changes my solar flare to a frozen orb that continually moves and like freezes adds. So I just run behind it going nuts. And then I got another legendary that takes that and changes the scorch into a, a, an electric bowl that shoots into a boss. It's like amazing. I love this. This is so much depth in the game. So to answer that question, yeah, there's a lot of depth in the game and we're very excited to do it all over again, find some more legendaries and, you know, deal with all that. And you know what's cool about that system is it's really an evolution from D3 because in Diablo 3, we had the rune system. So yep. it, this was just sort of built into skills in um, Diablo 3 where as you unlock them, you would unlock runes to change the behavior of the skill. So in multi-shot, for instance, you would have sort of like a 
cold multi-shot that added to your critical hit chance. And then there was another rune that would make it shoot rockets and turn it into fire damage instead. And you're kind of seeing some of those aspects get turned into legendary powers instead. And again, modify the behavior of the skills, which I think is a better system because it makes you care about the items more rather than just like, oh, I passively unlocked you know, this ability to change my skill around and you can do it more freely, at least with the legendaries. A, you have to find them. B, the item actually has to have good stats on it. And then C, it's limited. You can only have six of these legendary powers right now. So, you know, it makes you really make some hard choices. And the more that they add, the more interesting ones. Like you love all these legendaries. You can't wear them all. So now what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have these different builds maybe or find your mm -hmm. favorites and maybe different scenarios for different uses. Yeah, and exactly. you actually brought up a point that this is what I was trying to say before. A cool thing is if you, well, first of all, your skills upgrade as you level up. So you don't need to choose skills inside of the game that you want to focus on and level up separately. It's, they're just naturally going to level up, which I personally love. It makes the, the system a little bit uh, a little bit easier. They just kind of level themselves up. But if I decide that I want to upgrade uh, my primary weapon, and then I realize, oh, I don't really like this one, or I like this one better, the upgrade that you did to that weapon will then transfer over to the new weapon, which is awesome, because there's nothing mm. worse than upgrading something to level six, seven, eight, and then saying, oh, I don't really want it. So having to get rid of it and redo that upgrade. So the transfer of the upgrade is huge. It's just, it again, it makes it a little easier. It takes out, in my opinion, some unnecessary grind that I don't really like dealing with in, in certain other games that don't have that system. So it makes it real nice. And by the way, Nemo, I'm still trying to find that chess piece that can give me my second guardian. I have one guardian right now from one of my skills, the Hammer of Ancients, and I just want a second guardian so bad. It just looks so tough when you're running around with two of them. But I have yet to, legacy. yet to find it, man. You have the legacy. That's what you need, man. Yeah. Um, why don't we take one or two more questions uh, that we may have missed? I know that there was one about sets somewhere in there, legendary sets. And, uh, and then we can kind of just top off the show. Remember, if you do miss this or if you're just tuning in late, it's going to be put up on the YouTube channel, Echo Gaming Diablo you to watch and enjoy again so nemo what else do we have well so with the legendary sets we, there aren't any right now are there going to be legendary sets that's a good question i i don't know i i mean i'm assuming there are do you guys know about that i think that there won't be um and i think it's for a specific reason which is they actually came under fire in diablo 3 quite a bit so the way that sets work in d3 for those that are unfamiliar they very much guide your gameplay. The sets basically say, you can only use this skill, and this is the skill that will be strong because you're using this set. Uh, so it kind of funnels you into, I'm only really doing this, and everything else is to support this one thing, and you need six pieces to get that online. So it takes up like essentially all your decision-making for items. And mm -hmm. like the thing that we were just mentioning here, everyone's having um, fun trying to track down items and trying to find these different combinations of legendaries. In a way, you can say like you will have a set of gear for this. Like if you want to do Hammer of Ancient stuff, you're probably going to find all the legendaries that have Hammer of Ancient modifiers and throw those on. Um, but then again, recall that there can be some that will be for the same slot. So you're still having to make that decision of, all right, I want this one with this weapon, but there is another weapon that has Hammer of the Ancient, so I'm still choosing. Um, the other aspect of the game that does sort of give you the flair of sets or like the feeling of sets is the uh, echo talked about the upgrade system so for legendaries you can upgrade them to the max level of 20 but there are break points as your echo or as your uh, <laughs> as you're echoing as you're leveling them up uh at rank 6 11 and 16 you unlock additional affixes for your legendaries and if you can align all of those affixes to the same family and it's just like this little icon next to the affix. It could be like from the wildfire family or from the barrier family. Then you get a bonus. So um, as you're reforging those affixes to be more useful for your class or just like better uh, powers in general, you want to pay attention to what the icons are. And if you get three in a row, like hitting the you know slot machine, then you get an additional bonus. And some of them are actually really cool. Like one of them, there's a 1% chance on killing an enemy to spawn a Hydra. And a Hydra is a beast. It does basically the same damage as you do. It has a health bar, it has duration, and it can actually tank for you. It takes a lot of aggro from enemies, and that's just one of them, and there's six different uh, families as well. So. Mm. so are you saying that you like the system here in Immortal better than D3? Like, do you Are you going to miss sets from D3, or do you kind of welcome this new way of, of dealing with, with gear? 
That's a really good question. I, I just feel like, like for instance, sets in D2 felt cool because they didn't feel mandatory, but they did provide like cool additional abilities or powers. Like you could wear partial sets in D2 and you would unlock like uh, one or two bonuses or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a nice aspect, but it didn't feel like you were locked into, I need the entire Saigon set on, I need the entire Tal Rasha set. Um, there's maybe a way to bring in some of that without in- fully introducing like the onerousness of how sets became in D3. So if you find like the, the middle ground or the compromise, that could be cool. But I don't think I'll miss it just because we were under that system for like it, coming from D3 or under that system for eight years. So the novelty and the the refresh or the freshness of not having to deal with sets maybe makes me not miss them as much this time around. Mm, yeah, I like that. I, how about you, Nemo? I mean, you played quite a bit of D3 yourself. Is is I mean, I know it always feels good to like complete your set and to put it all together, but are you going to miss it? Um, it, it is really cool. I mean, it kind of plays into the whole seasonal thing, right? Having the new set, grinding for it every uh, every season, starting a new thing. I mean, it's a bit different here. I'm not going to miss it. No, because I feel like a lot of the legendaries kind of satisfy my gear uh, thirst for all kinds of different depths, right? That's the whole idea of sets for me, right? Wearing, like like Leviathan said, wearing two pieces or three, or sometimes wearing all six gives you a certain bonus that you might need. Like, for example, I'm uh, I'm, I'm running my uh, my Mundanugu Witch Doctor, and, you know, I'm wearing <laughs> two different sets because you need a certain, uh, a certain thing in there, right? So will I miss it? I love it. It's really cool in D3, like the, uh, like uh, like Leviathan said. But no, I'm not going to miss it because there's a lot of depth in Immortal, and it's going to satisfy my crave. Mm-hmm. Cool. And we have a question. I think this is going to be the last question that we take from chat, and then we'll kind of close things out. By the way, what you're looking at in the screen right now, the gameplay, <laughs> is... I, I just wanted to let you guys know what it is. We were jumping in to these, to these rifts with... We had nine. I don't remember who the second player was, myself and Nemo. And as you can see, nine, one of the players was a level 33 Paragon. So I'm trying to come in here with my level one Paragon Monk. And you'll notice that I'm dying a lot. It's because this is way too high of a level for me, especially with a Monk where I have to get into the battle. It's harder for me to stay out from afar. But we were kind of testing out like if you could power level, if you were able to get extra level from playing with people that are stronger than you on levels that are harder than you should. And we actually realized that you there's not power leveling in this the way that we know it from Diablo 3. So I, well, first of all, you can't as a brand new character because you have to still grind to level 20, which is about an hour of play just to unlock, you know, the, the rifts and all that. Um, but you can't go in with these super OP players, just hide behind them and gain power like we know from Diablo 3. So you actually need to grind the power yourself, which I like. Because uh, you, you kind of, especially if you're new to the game, you learn the character rather than just basically within 15 minutes having a max level character and going from there. So I was happy Definitely. to see that power leveling wasn't a thing here, to be honest with you. And, and that's why my monk, I'm hitting things and it's doing absolutely no damage. It's not this that my monk... Too. Yeah, this, and it's also on hell too, right? So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's difficult. But I just want to let you guys know what you were watching on the screen because that's up. But we had a question coming in from Red October, which is going to be the last question we hit. And it's about replayability. And Leviathan, uh, you have the most most depth into one character. Obviously, replayability can be, you could try it with the different characters. There's going to be six. You know, figure there's, I mean, to level 45, I don't know how many, but it's going to be level 60. What are we looking at? Maybe 30 hours of gameplay to get to level 60 or something like that? Well, it seems about yeah i could see that like i'm sure players will find ways to speed that up but yeah you'd say like for your average player maybe that okay, should be about so, right so if we're talking you know if we're talking six characters of, of 25 to 30 hours you know you have a lot of replayability there just getting your characters to level 60 which is going to be max upon release of the game but leviathan and even nemo who's paragoned quite a bit can talk more about the replayability and the end game but we are talking about an action rpg Right? This is a dungeon crawl. It's all about grinding and always trying to get more stuff. You have to be a certain kind of gamer to to want to do this type of thing. You have to enjoy a grind and, and contist- consistently doing things to gain XP, to try and find those new gems, to find try and find that new gear. So so why don't you guys tackle, one of you, uh, the question of replayability. What do you think is the, and obviously, of course, PvP, whatever, however that gets implemented, but what are the highlights here for replayability for someone that wants to spend the next four years playing this game? Well, I think you want to take it first? 
Sure, I'll take a stab. So right now, I think it's probably important to mention that the main gist of the technical alpha was to test like early game leveling, kind of mid-level systems. Like a lot of the what will be end game isn't in the game yet. So I think that says two things, right? The fact that I played this to Paragon 100, I'm actually 106 now, and didn't like stop at some point or just feel super bored kind of lets you know that even without the end game systems in there, there's something here that like makes you want to grind. And I definitely like Echo's talking, kind of have that grinder gene of wanting to mm -hmm. just make my character infinitely better and get more improvements to my items and stuff. So I think the replayability to some degree comes from the item hunt. And that's huge for ARPGs. If items are rare and hard to get, then it's going to keep you kind of pulling the slot machine of trying to get that best in slot drop and things like that. But I think the activities, like one of the main comments I've felt from other content creators that have played a lot of D3 is our gameplay in D3 gets funneled very quickly into just rifts and greater rifts ad nauseum. And there's not a lot of um, variety to the play, really. Like the other thing is maybe bounties and then like your challenge rift like once a week or something. And this, though, there's like I mentioned, roaming all the different zones to get different rewards and uh, particularly get your crafting materials. Uh, you'll be able to do the dungeons like these guys are showing on screen right now. That's another aspect of it. And maybe there'll be harder ones, ones that require like uh, very put together, well put together parties and things like that. They did mention in the AMA that there's some more stuff coming for groups and end game and such. Uh, there's doing the PVP, the Balfin Arena, maybe a more interesting PVP beyond that as well. Like we're already starting to see the uh, outline and the base of the game develop where you're going to be spread thinking about how do I do this activity? When am I going to uh, weave this thing in? What do I want to do tonight? And I think when you have those questions, it, it's great because it'll allow you to keep coming back to the game and keep a variety of interests. So with that yeah. being said, really quick before I go to you, Nemo, how many, and I know this would be an estimation, how many hours have you put into the game being at plus 100 Paragon on one character? Man, it's hard to know because there isn't a that's actually one part of feedback I would like maybe is um like stats on your character, like how many enemies you've killed or how many hours you've played. If it could track some stuff like that would be cool. Maybe they don't want us to see because mm. we'd be like, oh, my God, I need to leave this game alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but if I had to estimate, I would say so I started on Friday, December 17th, and then I basically have not stopped since then. And again, <laughs> averaging like five hours of sleep or something so whatever that would amount to like i'd say it's safe to average about 12 hours per day and it's been about 15 days so like wow. 180 something maybe hours put in crazy um, which was which is not what most people are going to do and with that much time put into it he's still enjoying it on one character continuing that grind so uh that's a little bit about replayability nemo anything you want to add <laughs> i do that <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of how many hours I've played, and uh, that's yeah, that is pretty scary. A lot. Uh, that would be really cool, by the way. Stats would be awesome to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know how much Levy played. I'll be honest. I want to know that more than I want to know how much I played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I hear you. you know, to echo a lot what uh, what what Levy says about the replayability for sure, man. Uh, it, it, when I jump into a mortal, I don't know what to do. There's so much to do, and, and there is an end game yet. Like we said, right? We haven't seen so much stuff about a mortal. I really think this is a this is going to be one of those things where you get in and there's going to be a, a plethora of things to do. And you're going to have to choose what you want to do if, if you can't play for 15 hours a day. There's a lot of stuff, high replayable. And it's all about, right, the ARPGs in general, all about the loot, all about that gear, that next set of gear. And mm -hmm. it only takes one update to come out with a whole bunch of new gear, a whole bunch more Paragon. So you're going to be grinding nonstop all the time, for sure. Yeah. And, and they said that stuff's coming, right? They're like new zones. We'll be adding like any any content updates are all going to be free. Like Echo mentioned yep. at the top of the podcast. So like you can be playing this game for years to come. I think it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, I yep. mean, and I've been saying this forever also. I mean, if we look at the games of the past that Blizzard's created, they make games and they support them over time. They don't make games to release it, not give it any support and then let it die after a year, you know, especially on mobile. That's something that a lot of, it happens more on mobile where games are put out and they're kind of just left to flop around. And the ones that really do well are ones that are advertised well, that have good content creation behind it and ones that get consistent updates. And they've already said that they're looking to do regular updates, introducing more stuff, even more characters or more heroes in the future, all for free. So this is a game that, I mean, I'm going to say it now, I'm going to be playing this game for five years and, and <laughs> maybe longer. I mean, I, I get the feeling that there's going to be that much support. When you think about like D3, 
I mean, you got how long have you been playing D three, Leviathan? Eight years. It'll be yeah. nine years this May. Right, yeah. and and that's the thing. There's no difference between, in my opinion, there's no difference between the replayability and all that of Diablo three versus Immortal. Maybe even there's more replayability here in Diablo Immortal, and you can't just say you're gonna play it for that long. It's a phone game because really. It's it's not being built like your your typical stereotypical mobile game. It's it's just like a triple A AAA title. It's just on mobile, so it really can have that longevity. Um, and you know this is their this is their poster child for mobile here at Blizzard. And I anticipate many more titles being either ported over or being built for mobile. It's like it's you know it's the platform of the future. Um, but if you guys don't have anything to add on that, I'm going to ask you a few last questions before we go. Any last words on on that topic? I'm good. Okay, looking so forward. you're looking forward to it. So Leviathan, yes. I will. Uh, I'm gonna put Nemo on the hot seat again, um, and then I'll let it go go to you. I mean, it's not as hot because it's really the same question I asked last week. But and I'm ready. Uh, but Nemo, your your favorite part of Diablo Immortal, and right now, not not your least favorite, but one thing you would like to see added to the game. My favorite part about Diablo Immortal, and I'm still gonna stick with it, is more Diablo. In my and improve Diablo. I love the whole experience of jumping in and playing with my friends, mobile, anytime, anywhere. I was just at my doctor's. Guess what I was doing? Playing, playing Immortal. It was awesome. It was really, really awesome to do that. That's my favorite part. The mobile experience, I'd say, and being able to play anywhere. Things that I would change. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I probably would want to see more stats. I'd want to see. I want the game to come out. There isn't anything I would change right now, in my opinion. It's kind of alpha, so it's still early for me to be able to make that decision. So I would say maybe just to see some more stats, to see how long I've played, things like that. That's the only thing I would change. Mm -hmm. And now, Leviathan, it's on you. You've had you've had two minutes to think. What do you have for us? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Tough question. I uh... <laughs> All right. So my favorite, I had a lot of favorites, which is good. Mm -hmm. uh, I, as a competitive player, the things that often drive me to like stay motivated and grind the crazy hours that I do is being able to like move up on leaderboards or to like basically have a reason to get all this sick gear and then show what it can do and push it to the limit. So I like the challenge rift system that's in the game right now. It's kind of similar to greater rifts from D3, but an evolution on that as well, which again, why I keep saying this is like D3.5 because it takes that system and makes it better. So there's rewards for each tier that you clear. Then there's also a class leaderboard and the top 10 of that gets rewarded every week, which is amazing to me. So like it keeps you motivated to keep coming back each week to get to the top of the leaderboard or, you know, one of those top 10 spots to get all the juicy rewards, like the crests and the honor and stuff like that. So I'm loving that. And I would say the thing to improve on or change, it's such a big topic. I don't even know if I want to open it up, but at least for me, you you guys are more mobile players. I'm coming into this kind of fresh. The monetization model worries me a little bit, mainly because of the legendary crests and the fact that they may upset the competition, right? Because there can be a guy or a girl who spends a ton of money, gets a ton of legendary crests, gets a ton of legendary gems, and now the competition is kind of upset because if I don't keep up with them and spend as well, then I may never be able to catch them or may never be as powerful as them. And I hope they find, when I say they, uh, the developers, I hope they find a way to maybe still make the game enticing and monetize it because they need to make money and they should. This is an amazing game that's going to be free to play. So I hope they find a way to monetize it properly, uh, but just maybe make it not be such a gigantic gulf between those that spend and those that don't. So you can at least feel like it's a free to play player. If that's where you stay, you'll have a fighting chance. Now I have a question about that. Um, so legendary crests, obviously you take them into your rifts and then you get legendary gem drops for utilizing the legendary chest. You get them for free, but you could also buy them inside of the game. Are you saying, uh, of course, if you spend money, if you spend thousands or hundreds of dollars to get these legendary crests, you can get there more quickly, but how far off is it for someone that's free to play that never puts a dollar into the game or maybe buys the season pass which someone asked earlier about the season pass it's going to be a 30-day cycle i believe and i'm guessing five bucks that's just from what i know from the mobile industry most season passes are five bucks a month but it could i don't really know um how f i mean is it pay to progress or pay you know getting can someone that's paying get to a point that someone that's free will never be able to get to or will it just take them a lot longer to get there I think it's the latter. I think it's okay. you're going to get a longer tail if you're not spending as much. Um, 
and it's fair to say that you will get additional power man it's so tough because the game does do a solid job of rewarding you um with those sorts of things that someone could purchase so like uh, every now and again from the battle the free track battle pass and like you mentioned if you get the paid track you will get some legendary crests peppered in there Mm -hmm. you'll get some of the additional stuff so if you're trying to get to a rank six gem you know again it's random which gems you get so you still have to play that roulette as well somebody that's going to spam a bunch of legendary crests because they have unlimited access to them they'll maybe get to the gem that you really want at a rank six way faster and like you said you know it could take you some time maybe months or years to catch up right um so there is a bit of that i guess pay to progress like you mentioned and it really depends on how much of a benefit that gives you like if the legendary gems get toned in a way that it's like some percent uh increase of damage but not like a ton then maybe it could be okay if you're you're like a step or two behind but there's sort of this like double or triple benefit to legendary gems where they improve the base stat of the items they go into they give a legendary power and then you can rank that that up even more so so it's kind of where we're at right now gotcha gotcha okay well it's it's important to say though that we are in alpha and things you know aren't set right so there could be a whole bunch of part of the game that we don't know yet or haven't seen yet that could give you legendary gems maybe other ways or whatever right very true we don't know yet but yeah i agree with what levy says yeah, there's, there's ways, and we see it all the time in mobile gaming, where you're rewarded for stuff. Like, even stuff like, okay, we have a content patch. Come check it out on our Facebook page, and you can get yourself a legendary crest or, or things like that. I think there's, there's tons of ways of doing it. Um, as for me, my favorite thing about the game is the depth. I think that you could literally sink thousands of hours into this game and continuously sink more and more thousands of hours into the game. There's just that much to it. And with hearing what the developers are saying about how their their plans are bringing you know more heroes in the future, they could bring uh, oh, more pop up events. It could really they could add anything at any time. It's going to be an endless amount of content to make content for on YouTube and Twitch or to just play. So that's probably my favorite thing, just how much there is to do. And oh, I, my thing to change isn't really something to change. I just want to see more development on PvP coming from a mobile from the mobile area, action RPGs historically haven't done amazingly well on mobile it's not like the biggest it's usually like shooters you know everyone wants to play you know shooting games like when fortnite mobile was out or pubg mobile call of duty mobile so there needs to be in my opinion uh, a fun pvp element to the game or I, w- I would like to see it at least do i think I, it needs it to be successful no i think this game could have no pvp in that way and I think it'll still be the most successful action RPG on mobile. But to start competing with some of the those other monster games that are out there, I think PvP would definitely help, and it would be a cool thing. Now, I also don't think it has to come out at launch. I think that it could mm. launch with this, and then, you know, six months later or whatever, they could start implementing PvP things. Everything, they don't need to drop the game day one with everything there's so much for people to explore like i mean you know 30 hours to get to a rank max character that's a lot of time for most people most people are going to play the game you know in shorter spurts than people typically are going to play when you're sitting at your pc so it's going to take people a while to get to a max character or you know everyone's not playing the same so it doesn't need to come all out on day one that's my thoughts that's your guys thoughts on everything too and that brings us to the end of the podcast nemo Thanks for coming through. Any last things you want to say before we head on out? Any things that have been, you know, lingering that you want to address? Uh, no, everything is great. I've just been enjoying Immortal. It's been a dream. Uh, the best part of 2020 for sure. Um, for me, anyway. Um, 2020 sucked, except for the fact that I got to play Diablo Immortal. <laughs> so thank you to the Blizzard team. Thanks to everybody else. I had a blast being on the, this episode. So I have not, uh, I don't have anything else I want to talk about. I'll just jump this over to Luai. Yeah, I want to say thank you guys for having me on. First and foremost, this is an amazing time. Hour went by too quickly, so I hope I get to come back and talk some more because I love this game. And I want to say that is, you know, I'm the first to admit that I had my doubts. Uh, Mobile, I thought maybe I would pick it up, try it out, and, you know, it'd be cool to play, and then I'd leave it. And I'm still playing. Like, I can't. I'm literally waiting for this podcast to end so I can get back in and play (laughs) some more. Like, it's, it's insane how much it's encaptured my attention. So I super thankful for it um it really was an awesome way to spend the holiday break and i hope we get a beta soon or like more stuff to test and more to play 
Yeah, I hope so too. And it was a pleasure having you on. I mean, we met a year ago or a little bit more than that at BlizzCon. And uh, I'm just really happy to be able to have you on the show. I think we should have you on again at some point in time when we have more discussion topics and stuff like that. Nemo, as always, thank you for being here, helping me co-host the show. I appreciate it, man. But that's been episode five. I want to remind you guys, well, first of all, that I, I thank you all for being here live. We had a nice audience on Twitch and on YouTube, bring some great questions and discussion topics, which is what this show is all about, answering what you guys are asking. But if you didn't catch it live, that's okay, because it's going to be up on the channel. And, uh, well, make sure you check it out there if you missed whatever we were discussing in the beginning, because it was packed with info. I mean, we had Leviathan here, the biggest grinder in Diablo Immortal with us today. But... Episode 5 is in the books. We'll be back next week. Nemo, myself, and possibly another guest. Not sure yet, but I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure that you uh, stick around. Check out everyone's channels. I'm going to be linking everything down below, as well as the Denctuary podcast, which happened yesterday. It's quite long, but has a bunch of information for some great Diablo players, so go check that out. Have a great day, guys. We're out of here. And be good.